0: Hello and welcome to Poetry Blokes, the podcast where one bloke likes poetry and the other doesn't. I'm Matthew Adamo, failed novelist, third-rate poet, and now a beleaguered poetry teacher.
1: And I'm Rich Gochran, a moderately successful engineer and lifelong lover of things that actually matter, like football, cricket, and the ability to make stuff out of wood. I don't hate poetry, but I do think it's a lot of words, in a confusing order, to say very little.
0: Join us in this series of podcasts as we rummage into the recesses of Rich's mind, pull forth any literary force that may be lying dormant, and see if the world's most literal man can acquire the soul of a poet. He doesn't even believe in souls, so I've got my work cut out already. In this episode, we're looking at Follower by Seamus Heaney. My father worked with a horse plough. His shoulders globed like a full sail strung between the shafts and the furrow. The horses strained at his clicking tongue. An expert. He would set the wing and fit the bright steel-pointed sock. The sod rolled over without breaking. At the head rig, with a single pluck of reins, the sweating team turned round and back into the land. His eye narrowed and angled at the ground, mapping the furrow exactly. I stumbled in his hob-nailed wake, fell sometimes on the polished sod. Sometimes he rode me on his back, dipping and rising to his plod. I wanted to grow up and plough, to close one eye, stiffen my arm. All I ever did was follow in his broad shadow round the farm I was a nuisance tripping falling yapping always but today it is my father who keeps stumbling behind me and will not go away so Rich what's that all about
1: well 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 Matt well 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 I enjoyed this poem
0: there were several elements in this poem that I think you might enjoy may I get my guess at them uh, yes, you may. One is just generally farming, just, just the theme of farming. <laughs> uh, yes. Two, there's a mechanical e- element or like a machinery element.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The detailed description of ploughing is exactly the sort of thing that appeals to me.
0: And so finally, it just mentioned a sale. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Just throw, yeah, throw in a mention of sale and you have won me over immediately. Little fact, I have an additional sailing-related item on my desk today. A new model ship that my brother gave to me in anticipation of my birthday, which is not too far away. Excellent. So yeah, like you say, it's it's a detailed description of of some sort of physical manual labour, which is very appealing and a little bit of imagery involving a sail. This Seamus Heaney knows the way to my heart. And he got there. This is the first poem you've given me where I've I've read it. I've re- i read it a few times, and I enjoyed. No, actually, that's not true. I enjoyed Slough. I did enjoy Slough. But this one really was appealing to me. So, would you like to hear my my general vibe?
0: I would love to hear your general vibe. Vibe my general, on
1: my general musings. So, it's Seamus remembering stuff, which is nice. Yep. Well, it's all fond memories. It's quite a positive poem until the end. It mm-hmm. takes a bit of a sharp turn. We'll get to that. <laughs> so his, his father is a ploughman, like the lunch. Um,
0: <laughs> his father is cheese, pickle, lettuce. Cheese, pickle, lettuce. Between some t- bread. tomato yeah, exactly. so between some bread, yeah.
1: Because at first I was like, like you mentioned, right, farming. And then I thought, well, actually, no, he doesn't actually talk about doing any farming. He talks about ploughing. And I don't, again, haven't done any background reading, Matt, you'll have to to bring me up to speed later, but I guess that his job is actually just to plough. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He just ploughs, doesn't do the rest of the farming stuff. And then it occurred to me, ploughman is actually a thing. That's actually something people once did. Hence the name of the sandwich. Which, you know, it's an interesting musing, isn't
0: it? Uh, I've never, yeah, I didn't even think into the life of a ploughman. I mean, he did grow up on a farm. So I think we could probably right. assume that his dad did other stuff he did but other stuff but within the context but his
1: expertise was the plough yeah he yeah. makes it very clear an expert second stanza first thing he says
0: yeah absolutely yeah definitely within the confines of this poem his dad is an uh, expert ploughman
1: yeah and you're always banging on about vision like um what's, what is it you're banging on about
0: oh well, I'm not- obviously not banging on about it enough if you've forgotten uh- <laughs>
1: Imagery, imagery, imagery. Yes, imagery. So was banging yeah. on about imagery. And this poem, I found it quite easy to slip into a vivid, lucid dream about ploughing a field.
0: <laughs> that was your dream, wasn't it? After you read this poem and went to bed that night. You just you were a farmer with a plough. Well, yes. Yeah, so,
1: so let me paint you a picture. Seamus and his father are in Ireland, I'm guessing. So correct, correct. Yep. In my mind's eye on a beautiful drizzly hilltop. It's cold. It's damp. He's wearing a white shirt. He's got his sleeves rolled up. He's wearing a flat cap, slacks and braces. He's got hobnail boots on. We know that already. And he's smoking a fag. All right. He's moving through this sort of this misty, drizzly, beautiful island. And with this little annoying kid in his wake, who is his son. And his little annoying kid is there writing stuff down, writing poems. And he's like, "Oh Jesus, could you please, could you help me with the plough? <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> wow, uh, it's okay. That accent's okay because obviously Rich is Irish. Rich got, got he's Gochran. He's a Gochran, so it's fine.
1: Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's another thing that really appealed to me about this, right? Yeah. First of all, apologies, to everybody, for that accent. Apologies I did
0: apologies to my own ancestors for that particular accent.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That in itself appeals to me about this poem, right? It's, it's, this could very well have been my family from a long line of hardworking Irish people. Where are
0: they from? Do you know where your, your side of the Gochran's from?
1: Uh, the Gochran's are from Dublin. Oh, okay. My dad's dad's side of the family is from Dublin. My dad's mum was from Cork.
0: Oi, so that's the other side of my family. So my mother's family oh. are from Cork.
1: Lovely. Well, a beautiful part of the world, eh?
0: Absolutely. I felt his imagery regarding the sod <laughs> really jumped out at me for some oh, yeah, reason. The, the That's polished sort of... sod. Yeah. The sod
1: that... rolled over without breaking.
0: Just that sort of muddy, just the just general muddiness of it all. Mm. Yeah, it's a lovely description. Did you like, with a bit about his shoulders being like a full sail?
1: Yes, I did. Because he says they're globed like a full sail. And I can envisage exactly what he means by that, which is possibly the first time that's happened with a poem. Can you explain that? Yeah. When you're sailing, I suppose, close to the wind, you're on a good run. No, no, a run's a bad thing, isn't it? it runs when you're, you've come too far around. Close to the wind, the wind fills your sails, and they, they dome out, stretched, creaking against
0: their ropes. Seamus's father, what are his shoulders like?
1: Oh, mate, he's... F-ing stacked, that's what he's it's like.
0: Absolutely stacked, is what he's saying, isn't he? He's just a mass- massively shouldered man, also he's just a- like doing like loads of like. I mean, he's setting up the horse plow, so obviously the plow is attached to the horse, but there's uh, there's a lot of lugging going around here, isn't there? Like,
1: he's a beef, he's an absolute beefcake, Matt. Yeah, he's, he's toiling, he's literally toiling in those fields. Mm. He's gonna, he's a well built man. I imagine he goes home of an evening, he has some cabbage and about 18 potatoes, and some meat, and a couple of beers. And then he's back out, out the next day, working that field. And that life, that sort of simple farming life, it's just so appealing.
0: <laughs> you could make that happen. You could just buy a plot of land in Ireland somewhere, and you, you too could be traipsing over the sod in hobnailed boots.
1: I mean, it's a romantic image. I think the reality of it would be absolutely appalling.
0: Just, I mean, obviously the, the weather in England and Ireland is, is comparable, it's quite similar. And just the idea of being out in a field, so, sort of grey overcast, relentless drizzle and a slight wind, uh, dreadful. I mean, it just sounds dreadful to oh, me. Oh
1: no, I completely disagree. That appeals to me like you wouldn't believe. There's a book called The Shepherd's Life, which is about a fell farmer in uh, the Lake District, I think. It's basically, it's a book about drizzle and... After that book, I cannot tell you how close I came to selling my house and forcing my wife to move to the middle of nowhere and buy sheep. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> even though I know it would be hard, it's just so appealing just to, to do manual work and to be self-sufficient and grow stuff. Oh, I love it.
0: Even more so today with like some sort of unseasonable heat wave currently. Oh, in, in a, no, obviously none of our houses have air conditioning So actually the, the idea of leaning into a breezy, drizzly day Doesn't seem that bad right now it seems, Sounds quite refreshing It's the only thing that's got me through today <laughs> What's the bright steel pointed sock? I had a question for you actually about that He would set the wing and fit the bright steel pointed sock
1: Those are parts of a plough, aren't they? What part so, of the plough
0: is the sock? I'm not questioning you, I'm just, I'm just ignorant of ploughs
1: I wouldn't say I'm an expert Unlike Seamus's father. But I believe the steel pointed sock, the sock is the bit that actually breaks the ground. And they are, yes, I believe sort of changeable. And I think the wing is the part after the sock, which then causes the soil to turn over. But if I'm wrong and anybody knows more about ploughing than a man who knows very little about ploughing, write in, tell us about socks.
0: So he was causing the sod to roll over without breaking. And what is the purpose of rolling over the sod without it breaking? I don't know. Do you know? I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I a simage though. The only thing I can think of, really, is if you're turning over the soil, I assume that by turning it over, you can then plant things in it and the seedlings that you're planting would have access to the nutrients in the soil rather than having to break through the tough topsoil. Get to the bottom. But you know what? This is a conversation for another type of podcast, probably. Probably a soil related podcast, a gardening podcast.
1: No, I, I, yeah, yes, it probably is for those. But I think that that goes back to the in the first stanza when you're talking about shafts and the furrow. Mm. That's more ploughing terminology. The furrow is the groove that you cut, is it not?
0: Yes, I think so. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure what the shaft is. Maybe the bit that attaches to the horse. Who knows? I think you're right, Matt. I think we've gone too deep into plough terminology.
0: Inter-sod related. Inter-sodomy. <laughs> the sweating team turned round and back into the land. That's quite a good image. Again, relating his dad actually to the horses, really, as there being some sort of symbiosis between them.
1: Yeah, and um, oh, this bit threw me a bit because it goes at the head rig with a single pluck and then it changes standard and continues on.
0: That really troubles you, doesn't it? When oh, happens.
1: I find it so irritating. Why not just word it? So that it's all in one. Explain that to me.
0: Form, emphasis. All right, fine. It changes the way that you say the words. So where the stress falls, sometimes. Yeah. Some, sometimes I mean, it, it changes
1: is. the way that, it changes the way you say the words. It doesn't change the way I say the words.
0: That's true. Yeah, but you sort of power on as if there were no punctuation anyway. It's just sort of one strong monologue <laughs> <laughs> of rains. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, there's no question marks. I don't know why I said that. I
0: Sorry, and yeah. So
1: add the head rig with a single pluck of reins. The sweating team turned around. Uh, yeah, it is a nice image, isn't it? Uh, sweating team being him and the horse, generally.
0: Mm, yeah. Um,
1: working as one. Did you say the word symbiosis earlier? I did, yeah. I thought I'd just thought of that word. But then I thought, maybe Matt said that.
0: Turns out he did. Good word. Well on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much.
1: Well, I, I mean, it's hard for me to, to do any analysis on this one, Matt, because really, I just really enjoyed the description. And I got I got lost thinking of Ireland.
0: The pipes are calling. Oh, wow. <laughs> no.
1: I'm not sure we needed you singing.
0: We don't need that. That is going to be cut. Yeah, so actually I mean the first half of the poem is obviously focused on Seamus looking at his father and the uh, rigging the horse and the plough. Yeah. But then it sort of starts to shift in the middle because it goes from focusing on his father to focusing on himself in relation to his father so it goes from his dad being an expert and his eye narrowed and angled at the ground mapping the furrow exactly everything in the first three standards is about precision knowledge and execution essentially so the farmer the horse and the plow together are an expert team that can obviously achieve the goal of furrowing the ground but then it flips to Heaney's focus on himself. So I stumbled in his hobnailed wake, fell sometimes on the polished sod.
1: Yeah, well, the first time I read that I thought it was an insult.
0: On his dad. Was his dad's yeah. a sod. <laughs>
1: yeah. I hold on in, in his wake, walking along and I fell on the I fell on the sod, polished sod. On the polished sod. Um, obviously, in second reading, it didn't take me long to figure out that they were <laughs> out soil.
0: But I like the image. One thing I've noticed that Heaney does in his poems is he actually repeats the same word quite a lot, which is rare. Mm-hmm. But he does it frequently, he does it in other poems as well. Um, so he he mentions sod a couple of times. He obviously mentions plough a couple of times. He mentions tripping, right. tripping and falling comes up twice. So he, he, he likes a lot of emphasis or re-emphasis on things. So he stumbles in the hobnailed wake of his father, falling sometimes on the polished sod, which is the ground. And again, that's an exact sort of counterpoint against the expertise of his father. So his father's been set up as an expert and then you've got this little kid who's fallen over all the time, stumbling, who's clearly not an expert.
1: Yeah, he, he seemed quite hard on himself, actually, last three standards. He needs to give himself a bit of a break. He's only a kid. He can't be a...
0: He hasn't got globed shoulders yet.
1: No, give yourself time, mate. it's grown to a man. My shoulders are yet to globe. Any day now.
0: You see a doctor about that. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify, though, Matt and I are one and two strongest friends of ours, position one and position two. Well, we know that. From university. We know it's a fact.
0: Well, it's a fact because we had a competition. <laughs> I can also, if I, if I may, I can also state that I can jump the furthest. So that's, that's good. I want that yeah, out there. Yeah, which
1: absolutely blew my mind. This is going to sound awful when I say this, Matt, but you don't... <laughs> it's not what I expected. I expected that you're not the most lithe of the group that's fair. When, when I watch you soar through the air, like a graceful... Gazelle? Gazelle? Mm-hmm. Sure. Something that jumps. I was taken aback.
0: <laughs> frog. <You> could... <laughs> like a graceful frog. Like a graceful frog. You've, you've made the mistake that many people make here, is that they've underestimated the power of the thigh. I've got the mighty thigh, which allowed me to propel myself forward.
1: Yeah, I think I've basically got an absence of thigh.
0: Yeah, but you're more beanpole-y.
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, a lanky dribble of snot. was one I was was once described by a teacher.
0: By a teacher? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was it an English teacher? Yeah, it was actually. (laughs) I was going to say, is this where your hatred began? The (laughs) lanky dribble of snot.
1: That's amazing. What were you doing? Well, anybody who knows me will know that I was unbelievably shy, quiet and timid at school. And so to to receive an insult of that level did untold damage and has left the wreck of a man that that you listen to today. Um, (laughs) I can't remember what I did to elicit such scorn I can remember his name But I'm not going to say it Because I think it will, it's a bit unfair
0: Did he get you to analyse a poem? And that was his response
1: <laughs> No, I don't think it was a poetry lesson It was I can't remember what we were doing I don't know All I remember is that I was very hurt by the whole thing My already tumultuous relationship with English Was further damned oh, I had it- a very In fact, this is probably a good time to go into. I had a very tumultuous relationship with, with English Going to an all boys school And we had sets like lots of schools in England do. When I went to secondary school, my reports from primary school were obviously very good and they put me into top set for everything, which is nice. But much like my career, people seem to think more highly of me than I'm actually capable of. And pretty soon I was moved down in lots of things, including English, which in one year I went from top set to bottom set in the course of a year, Matt.
0: But didn't didn't they correct that later?
1: Oh, well, I made it back up to second set the year later. But that's... That's a lot of turmoil for
0: a young mind. That is a lot of turmoil. But it's a- all
1: right, though, because in bottom set English, I met the wonderful Miss T. I won't Again, won't tell you the full surname. Did you fancy was, her? Oh, God, I wouldn't believe.
0: <laughs> she was an absolute delight. Teenage dreams right there.
1: Yeah. What a time to be alive.
0: What do you think Miss T would say about Heaney saying that sometimes his father rode him on his back, dipping and rising to his plod? she'd say what smut do you have a premier product or sensational service that poetry bloke listeners would love advertise with us to reach an audience who love to laugh are obviously very cool and sophisticated and have immaculate taste i mean they're here listening to this gold aren't they go to poetryblokes.com forward slash advertising to advertise with us today
1: Sorry, yeah, bring it back to the poem. Not my reverie of my past. Where were we?
0: Sometimes he rode me on his back, dipping and rising to his plod.
1: Oh, yeah. Was this about the horse or was he on his dad's back?
0: Yeah, I'm I actually not clear on that. But I, I think probably the dad, because he's focusing on the dad and he says sometimes he rode me on his back rather than yeah. sometimes it let me. I don't know what that would be, but I'm going to go with dad.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's taken on a lot, isn't he? If you're already ploughing... Have a kid on your shoulders as well. This further emphasises just how globe-like his shoulders were.
0: He had the shoulders of two men. <laughs> <laughs> so wide were they.
1: So, yeah, he, he, he's a big, strong man. He's looking after his little boy. His son obviously looks up to him. I wanted to grow up and plough. He's in awe of his expertise. Again, he's being hard on himself because he said, all I ever did was follow. Like He's very aware that he was never helpful in any way. He, was, he sort of clumsily... Uh, he describes himself as a nuisance, falls over, talks a lot, which all kids do, in my experience. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's quite hard on himself. And then the poem takes a really hard turn.
0: Yeah, the, he just changes change fo- change it all up right at the end.
1: But today it is my father who keeps stumbling behind me and will not go away. Whoa. All right, what Seamus. What's going on there, mate?
0: Well, he takes it from a very uh, physical and earthy poem so at the end, he actually moves it into metaphor. But today it is my father who keeps stumbling behind me and will not go away. I think he's saying that for his youth, he followed in his father's shadow. And now it's the shadow of his father that's following him. So it's just, he's sort of saying, I wanted to be like my father and now my father's gone. We assume he's still there. He's actually following me.
1: Oh, so you, oh, you think his father's dead at this point? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Oh, I again. I was a bit more literal. I thought he was literally had his father following him around. <laughs> yeah, taken over the. Well, he hasn't taken over the farm because he's he's busy writing his poetry. But I figured he must still be going. But he's not as he's not the strong man he once was. He's more old and frail. And made me think about the two themes that in every poem that has ever been written, ever, which are time,
0: yeah, and death, yeah, and also some love in there. I'd say.
1: Time, death and love. Yep. Yeah. So all poems are about those three things. That's what we've discovered in the first oh, I forget what number of podcasts we're on, but the first seven or eight podcasts. Mm. Time, death and love.
0: Yeah. Well I mean it doesn't actually matter whether his dad is dead or not in the writing of this poem, but it's more that he needs perspective towards his father it's changing as he ages. So like when he was younger, basically he was he looked up at his father in, you know, adulation, thinking that he wanted to be like him. And now He's sort of saying, actually, there's like a nagging doubt that won't go away that I'm actually not like him or I can't be like him. That's not going to leave me alone. So that's like the figure of his father behind him stalking him, as it were.
1: Mm.
0: So, yeah. Dark. Quite a deep one.
1: Deep, yeah. Just occurs to me, is a follower a part of a plow?
0: Oh, I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Should we have a little Google?
0: Quick Google that. No.
1: Sounds like a bit that would be, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it kind of does. Don't worry, we'll get rid of that.
1: Yeah, I don't want to come across as ignorant of plows.
0: No. What would your target audience say if they knew that about you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to have to clear up some of the facts about sales as well, probably. Got <laughs> another place for that.
0: Yeah, so how do, you, how do you feel about that last bit of the poem? Because I think, you know, you have get obviously engaged with the poem well up until that point. You obviously got what was going on. Oh, was still engaged with
1: that bit. I still liked yeah. it. like I think it's uh it's a bit that everybody goes through. looking up to your parents and then getting older and then passing on and then you realize having a sudden screaming realization that you're an adult and that people look up to you and then realizing what what a terrifying idea that is. yeah, imagine somebody looking up to us, Matt
0: imagine that I mean we're successful podcasters. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs>
1: We've literally got tens of followers.
0: Yeah, I can jump very far as well, so.
1: Yes, and do one more press-up than I can.
0: Yeah, that's because I waited to see how many press-ups you did, and then I did one more to make sure <laughs> I yeah. could do it. There
1: was also some.
0: Actually, there were technical irregularities in that one, isn't there, aren't there? Because we, yeah, the te- different... we did two different techniques. Two different techniques, um, yeah.
1: I think in a fight. We, we've, <laughs> we've wrestled in the past, and you have usually had the advantage, I'd say. I'm willing to concede that you're probably slightly stronger than me.
0: Is that weight advantage again? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: No, because I actually think we weigh similarly, a similar amount.
0: Yeah, I think we do, actually, yeah.
1: I'm just spread out over a few more inches, as it were.
0: Yeah, mine's focused mainly around the thigh region, That's we've established.
1: <laughs> Very low centre of gravity. Your, your yeah. centre of gravity is between your thighs. My centre <laughs> of gravity is around my chest.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are quite funny, those moments. Actually, as I seem to recall, on one of these... Sporadic wrestling bouts. You had a hold of me, and I started moving, and you started screaming, "He's twisting!" <laughs> <laughs> and once I once I heard that, I knew I had you because I'd uh, I'd surprised you. You'd surprised me with the age old
1: <laughs> twist. I never saw it coming.
0: Uh, I'd love to I? see love to see you in an MMA bout in the octagon. Can uh, you
1: imagine somebody more useless?
0: In an MMA bout than me. I just, I just imagine you going in and trying like punch and kick, and then your opponent like just moving like forty five degrees, sort of diagonally to the side, <laughs> and then you'd be like, oh, oh my god, like a horse with blinkers, just be like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where's he? Where's he gone? Where's he gone? And then just down, down for the count, and tapped out within ten seconds. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, he really threw me with the shuffle.
0: Yeah, old shuffle. Wow. Do you want to hear a little bit about Seamus Heaney? A bit more about. The man himself? Uh, yeah, I would. Very much so. Well, Seamus Justin Heaney was born on April the 13th, 1939, on a farm in Castle Dawson in Northern Ireland. He was the Oh, fir- it was Northern Ireland. Northern. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Yeah, wait, though. He was the first of nine children in a Catholic family. Standard. He received a scholarship to attend the boarding school, St. Columns College in Derry. And went on to Queen's University in Belfast, studying English and graduating in nineteen sixty one He worked as a schoolteacher for a time before becoming college lecturer and eventually working as a freelancer in the early seventies in nineteen sixty five He married Marie Devlin, a fellow writer, and she would figure prominently in his work. They went on to have three children, so slightly modest, more modest family of three rather than nine I mean.
1: When you're not living on a farm anymore, you don't necessarily need the hands, do you?
0: Nine children. His mother was just pregnant for 10 years, basically. Nine years, sorry. Yeah. Tough gig. That's incredible. How did she manage that?
1: People were hardier back then, Matt.
0: Crikey. Well, anyway, Heaney had his first poetry collection published in 1966. It's called (laughs) Death of a Naturalist. And he went on to publish many more books of poems, including North, Station Island, the Spirit Level and District and Circle. He also became known for some of his prose writing and he worked as an editor as well as being a professor at Harvard and at Oxford. Ooh. So quite good. Yeah, not bad. Something that you picked up on the poem uh, and we discussed is that he really, really loves nature and he writes about nature a lot in his poems. Oh, lovely. Yeah. There's an excellent one about picking blackberries as well.
1: I mean... It it blows my mind, the subjects that people will write poems on. It doesn't seem worth writing, does it? I've picked Blackberries in my life before. It's never occurred to me to write it down or even really remember it. I know I've done it, but it's a real...
0: But then you you could say that about ploughing, and we all know that you were totally into that in this poem. True. You like what you like. Different strokes for different folks, Rich. But yeah, Heaney focused a lot on nature, the beauty of nature and his connection to it. He also obviously wrote about love, as we pointed out, one of the major topics, mythology and memory. Oh, so he, okay. as you said in this poem, actually, it's quite a nice evokes Memories. And Heaney was, yeah, big into that, it's particularly human sort of memories that have human elements to them or human conversations or relationships. He was also a commentator on The Troubles and uh, spoke about that in works such as Whatever You Say, Say Nothing. He also translated the epic poem, Beowulf, which is like, uh, translating Beowulf is just like one of those things poets do. Like to, I don't know, it's like- <laughs> I write it's A right a passage. Of, yeah, exactly. write a passage. It's a great phrase. Because Simon Armitage has done that as well. He's Poet Laureate. So every five or 10 years, someone goes, you know what I'm going to do? Translate Beowulf again. I mean, it is an absolute cracker of a saga if anyone wants to read that. But he won the Whitbread Prize for his translation of Beowulf, so- Fair play to him So he did a good job It was obviously a good one He also, just to cap off, you know, casually Won the Nobel Prize for Literature in Whoa. 1995 And received England's T.S. Eliot and David Cohen prizes And other accolades too He was a very well-known figure A well-known cultural figure Would write articles and, you know, give opinions and comment His last book of poetry is called Human Chain was published in 2010 And he died in Dublin, in Ireland On the 30th of August, 2013 and he oh, was 74
1: recent. For this is the first poem I may ask you to recommend me Some others by him
0: Wow, that I might read Yeah, definitely I mean, there's there's loads But uh, yeah so, Oh, great Well, I'm happy about that in, yeah. Again, again, one of my favourites So um, I feel bad
1: I, now That I did the Irish accent And not a Northern Ireland accent Because my Northern Ireland accent I would actually say Is better than my Irish accent
0: oh, that's, There's still time, Rich Would you like me
1: to read The whole thing In a Northern Ireland accent?
0: No Maybe the first stanza Hang on, I need. I need to get into character. I don't know. I don't know.
1: My father worked with a horse plow. His shoulders globed like a full sail, strong between the shafts and the furrow. The horse is strained. At <laughs> his clicking tongue, that's
0: terrible. Uh, yeah, that was so <laughs> terrible. I'm. I'm truly sorry. <laughs> we're. We're definitely cutting that. <laughs> there were so many cuts. My father.
1: My father. My father. I could probably do it better. I just need to get into character.
0: Have you ever seen the Harry Enfield sketch of, um, Har- is it Harry Ulsterman? He-, he basically did a series where he did like stereotypes from different regions of the UK. Yeah. And one of them is Northern Ireland. And it's the one where he's at a house party and then the woman who's hosting offers him a sandwich, I think. And she was like, would you like a sandwich? And he's like, I, <laughs> I would like cheese and pineapple on a stack. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he's like We don't have that We don't know We don't have any Mrs Dumfrey I have made A legitimate request <laughs> It's excellent This is all getting cut Also I know In every episode We say This is getting cut And we mainly Leave it in But in this episode There are lots of things Which actually Are going to be cut
1: <laughs> Yeah I don't want to be Accused of hate crimes
0: <laughs> Again Again <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to give us your engineer's overview of "Follower" by Shay Massini?
1: You know what I've gone and kind of done. I've forgotten to write one. I'm going to have to write one right now.
0: Oh, <laughs> great! We love this. Fuck me.
1: Sorry. i oh, to tell you what's happened. I've read it. I really enjoyed it. I felt no need to summarise it because he sort of done it. But I'm going to do it now. So bear with me.
0: Sure. Somehow we've actually managed to record 40 minutes of content here. It feels like so much less. Right. You ready? Would you like to share your engineer's overview for us for Follower by Seamus Heaney?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to tell the listeners what that is while I get my papers together?
0: Yes. Rich reads the poem and then afterwards he writes a more literal summary of the poem and then reads it back to us for our own amusement and delight. So Rich, Follower by Seamus Heaney.
1: Follower by Seamus Heaney. My father is a ploughman, not the sandwich. He's strong, I'm not. Now I am, he's not. The end.
0: (laughs) I feel bad that the horse isn't really reflected in that overview. (laughs) I feel the horse is.
1: Yeah, sorry, horse. I mean, it
0: is is a summary. It's a summary, to be fair. So.
1: And I'm not. I'm not changing it for anyone. Would you like me to redo it in an, in an Irish accent?
0: Absolutely not. Join us next week, when <laughs> <laughs> we get it anyway. Oh God, here we go.
1: My father uh, is a ploughman, not the sandwich. He's strong. I'm not. <laughs> 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 now I am, and he's not. <laughs>
0: the end, thank you, thanks, Rich I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually know irish people and and also people from Northern Ireland,
1: yeah, me too,
0: and <laughs> I just want to apologize for them,
1: yeah, again, maybe that one shouldn't make the cut
0: this is gonna be a this gonna be a strong editing and review process on this episode. Right, oh. I'm going to bring this to a close lest we never end thanks for that Rich probably leave that there today join us next week where we'll be looking at Partition by Sujata Bhatt is it the heat? something's happened here <laughs> do you have a well-known poem you'd like us to discuss or maybe you've written your own engineer's overview you'd like to share and if you have an embarrassing poetry related story well then you definitely have to get in touch Go to poetryblokes.com forward slash submissions now to let us know all about it and you could play a part in the next show. Poetry Blokes is created and hosted by Matthew Adamo and Richard Cochran. Our theme music is Press Start by The Laszlo Project. Buy their music by going to bandcamp.com and searching The Laszlo Project. Our producer is Dominic Gore.